Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, I am Brad, and we are joined by Alex. And oh my God, Alex, I don't even care about you saying hello today because I know you're here, but we have to talk about crazy stuff going on. So we, uh, we've been gone for a little bit. We had a late recording, and uh, it today is what? Thursday, February what? It's technically Friday here, but yeah, it's Thursday oh, 11th for you. Okay, it, you ever seen the memes where it's like alien attacks, like in movies, and it's like they, it's like aliens' perspective of the world, and it's just United States, and there's nothing else. Yeah, there's no land. Yeah, that, or like the ones reality. where they, or the ones where they paint the globe, but they paint everything blue except the states. Yeah, that's reality <laughs> because we don't care that you're in the future. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the good old U.S. of A. That's that. We are the yes. protagonist, and you are in the past, approximately thirty years. But hey, oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you don't even deny it. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it is what it is. But getting back to magic, we have uh, we've missed a little bit. As of right now, we got some really cool news and some other things that we've kind of you know had to endure. We're not modern players per se, Alex, but you dabble in the format. I played it a little bit, and uh, currently, and recently over the last couple of weeks, uh, Cascade Valky in, in Tibble is uh, wrecking the destroying. fucking format. Yeah, it's it's a it's a show. It's, yeah. it's something else. Oh, and Legacy. And Legacy. Yeah, we've seen Tibble's trickery in Standard being like completely messing up best of one. Um. Relatively, that's very class canony, though, right? I've seen people try versions in modern, and it's, it's all kind of bad. Mm. Your opponent thought seizes you. Oh, guess I'm losing the game. Spell Pierce, guess I'm dead. Force of Negation, guess I'm dead. So that doesn't really matter. But the Valky decks are definitely like messed up, and they're really exploiting it. I suppose we can get into this subject first because it's a fairly sure. quick one to touch on. The Valky deck and how it works in modern. Has gotten a lot of people talking like, shouldn't we change the rules as to how Cascade works if you're cascading into double-faced cards? Obviously, the way it works now, if you get to cast a double-faced card for free, I believe it's for free anyway, but otherwise from Exile for free. I think rules-wise, that doesn't matter where you cast it from. But if you're casting a double-faced card for free, a modal double-faced card, not like, you know, like the cards from Innistrad, you get to pick as which side it enters. So you cascade into your two-mana Valky, and you're like, you know what? I'd like the seven-mana Planeswalker. Turns out, that is a little stupid on turn one. Who'd have thought? Mm -hmm. Or turn two. Or turn zero, if you saw Saffron Olive Dude in Modern on a recent video. He had double Simian Spirit Guide. Um, Whoa, Gemstone Cavern. um, Yeah. Violent Outburst. Yeah. Wow. That is yeah. something else. On his opponent's turn, so they couldn't they couldn't force they him to They could force it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love this game? Can you imagine your opponent? All right, I'll start and like, oh, air upkeep. <laughs> 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 it's like you sit down at an F and I'm like, dude, I'm so excited. We finally have magic. And you again. see this, this opening so hand, and you're like, oh, I know there's these 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 combo decks running around, these read explosive decks, you have your open like you're me. You're me, okay? You're playing Grixis. You get your opening hand. <laughs> you, see a thought, you see a thought you see a thought seize, a force of negation, and like 
like a spell snare, a couple of lands, a snapcaster mage, you're like, I, if this opponent is on this Valky crap, I'm gonna destroy them. All right, and I oh, I go on the first. I get the thought season. Go and draw my card. Uh, no, please. Um, Simeon, Simeon. <laughs> what? Just so, uh, I'll send you the clip. And I'm gonna actually, I'll put this clip in the description. Uh, by the way, for anyone listening to this, uh, we're not editing. The, we're not editing this episode at all. So any fuck ups that I do or stumble, whatever, do not care. I'm just throwing it out there because I want this out as quickly as possible. And uh, yeah, here I'll, I'll even put uncensored in the title. I don't care. Ooh, maybe I should title the episode "Uro is fucking banned." <laughs> Let's try and keep it somewhat civilized. Okay. Uh, I won't do that. Oh, oh no! I spoiled the episode. <laughs> yes, I mean it's surprising we didn't start off with that, but we had. But well, all right, quickly wrap up this Valky point. Yes, Valky is. We've seen it in Pioneer too. Talk for pioneers from the pioneer perspective. See what I did there. Uh-huh. Um, we're bringing it out through Bring to Light. That's where we're seeing it over here. It's Bring to Light, and it's fairly played in Rakdos decks. In Bring to Light, we're turning a 7-mana Planeswalker into a 5-mana Planeswalker. So I think for the sake of Pioneer, it's not even that bad. Although the Niv decks with it in are performing very well. Yes. Even before Kaldheim, Niv was a pretty well-performing deck anyway. So it's not surprising to see it picks up a powerful card, so it stays at the top, right? That's not unexpected. But a lot of people have felt like, and I feel like this is how they probably should go about and do it too, we're <clears> going to change the Cascade rule, and unless they very, very specifically target Cascade, which would surprise me, it's also going to, it's probably also affecting the interaction with Niftalite, uh, Bring to Light, which means that Valky will no longer function in that deck. So there is some implications for Pioneer, but this is mainly affecting Modern and Legacy. Uh, I haven't seen any problems with Tybalt's Trickery in Pioneer. Uh, I don't yeah, think no. that card's going to be addressed in any way. Like, it's no. just, it's stupid. May- maybe Arena Best of One. Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I think it could and probably should be banned in Arena Best of One. Granted, I just play Mono Red Aggro for my quests. I haven't played a lot. It, it's just, it's just for, I know, it feels bad, you know? Yeah, I've heard plenty of people just tilt, tilting quit the game for a while and they're like I'll be back when this is banned because they play against it every other turn. Anyway, so wrap up. Valky, probably going to be a rules change. Probably then going to impact Niftalite. The other place where it's played is in Rakdos midrange slash Arcanist slash Pyromancer whatever you want to call it. Where it's played as it should be so it doesn't change for that deck because it's never cheating on Loki, uh, on Tybalt. It's predominantly just fairly casting Valky. Yeah. So that deck doesn't change. But probably the bigger hit that Niv Delight and many other decks took is what Brad already alluded to earlier. Uro's getting the hammer. Yeah. And, and it was way... announced in such an odd way. You you tell us, Brad, how, how did we learn? We got this wonderful tweet from Wizards, their official account on Twitter. And it's like, hey, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Here's a massive, super secret layer drop of what, like six layers, five. Let's see. You have first. You have the. So this is the title: announcing secret layers, smitten super drop. Uh, Love is in the air. Blah blah blah. Valentine's Day. First one is very, very, very rad. 
really cool art. These are so cool. We'll link them in the description. Um, it's, uh, let's see, Glenn Alondra, Mispin Click, Spell Sputter Sprite, and Vendillion Click. These are really cool. Um, unfathomable crushing brutality of basic lands. So it's like this Kaldheimy, you know, Celtic metal full art lands, which I don't know about you, Alex, but I want these. I don't I like them at all. Okay, well, whatever. We're going to ignore that you said like, that. They're all swamps. Okay, I kind of get that vibe too. Then there's the Valentine's <laughs> Day one, which has Heliod's Uncrown, Goblin Rabble Master, Monastery Swiss Spear, Boros Charm, uh, Gazella Blade of Gold Knight, and a the Goblin Boros Charm token. is a little bit strange because it's like one well, of these hard candies or something. But like overall, yeah. I really like the Valentine's Day one. I think yeah, it's like really super unique. Cute. It's a nice style. Uh, it's like a watercolory type of like. Uh, yeah, it's it's really art. It's cool. I I will I will one hundred percent be buying the Rabble Masters, the Charms, and the Swiss Spheres. Maybe the Sun Crown. Maybe. Uh, and then we get to the first big one, Showcase Kaldheim Part One. It features some pretty notable Titans and Giants as well in our history. We have Part One and Part Two. The first one features Frost Titan, Primeval Titan, and Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath. Oh, staple Frost Titan. Finally yeah. seeing a reprint. And uh, in the really cool showcase uh, border from Kaldheim, which both Alex and I have talked about that we love these borders. Cool. These are awesome. And for giants and titans and stuff, like super fitting. Yeah, and the art is fantastic for all of them. Um, like Uro looks really cool here. Frost Titan, Primeval Titan. And then they do another one because obviously Frost Titan is blue. Primeval's green. Uro is Simic. So cool little combo thing. And they do the same thing with the part two. Grave Titan, Black, Inferno Titan, Red, and Croxa. They even, even in secret lairs, whites get shafted. Because only yeah. Sun Titan didn't get the reprint. Hey, they could have put Sun Titan in the in the Heliod slot for the yeah. whimsical valentine's day thing but the big thing here is they announced this right and i'm gonna say preemptively good job wizards yeah good props. job for being tra uh, transparent um they could have gotten into maybe legal issues with this anyway so that could just be they them covering just their own ass. pr issues oh of course this would be 100 percent a pr issue but let me not get too ahead of myself they put this little note do they have a little brief description underneath all of the types of showcase or not the showcase but the types of uh Secret layers and a little description, things like that. And they put another the one for the part one of the Caldime Showcase with Uro. And it says, note, we are planning an upcoming BNR announcement. In that announcement, we plan to ban Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath in Pioneer, Modern, and Historic. Additionally, we are continuing discussions about doing the same in Legacy. While we are still working internally on the larger BNR announcement for that week, we wanted to share this information ahead of the sale. And they also uh, ended up following that up on Twitter by saying that they will have more information regarding this announcement next Monday, which will be February 15th. 15th. Right? Now, does that necessarily mean that's going to be the announcement? Probably, maybe not. It might be a another announcement of the announcement, which yeah, in this case, be the this official makes official announcement of the announcement, and then we'll probably get it the twenty first, which is weird because now we're getting an announcement of an announcement in an announcement. Oh uh, yeah, announcing something else. Oh my head hurts. Anyway, like I said before, we get into the Euro talk. Um, again, 
Good job, Wizards. This is the type of transparency I would like to see from you more often. I wish they would. You know how, like, you know, we get those little spark notes um, at the end of like, uh, or like in band announcements in general, they say like, hey, we understand that there's this card, this card, this card. We have our eye on this and things like that. They give you little Mm -hmm. tiny updates, little glimpses. I wish we got more of that just randomly because we sometimes go months without it. Like how long was the ban period between Pioneer's combo thing on August 3rd and the one before that? It was literally December was the last one of yeah, 2019. It, it was a very long. We we were just left in the dark forever. Yeah, and of course you can blame COVID and stuff. No, it was the last like... one. The last one, was, there was nothing uh, on January. Yeah, we got the post-companion the one, right? Oh yeah, I don't count that because that's that's a, a bullshit slap to the face. But I would like them to do more transparent things like that and just say, "Hey, we get it. We know that this card is a problem. We have our eye on it." Something like that. But I digress. We'll get back to the actual announcement of the announcement within an announcement. Burrow is getting banned in possibly four formats. A hundred percent guaranteed. Three formats. One of them being. Pioneer, of course, which is why we're here. Modern, it's very much needed. And Historic, where it is equally as needed. Funnily enough, I say that Pioneer, out of these three, is the one that is least in dire jeopardy of needing to ban I believe Though, it's the one where Uro sees most play. No, it's Historic. Historic is almost 50%. Does see more play in Historic? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's at 45. Pioneer's at 34. Ah. Um... But regardless of like percentages of play, I'll say that historic is just like the absolute best deck. We had this conversation last week, right? When we talked about this a little bit briefly, mm-hmm. when we were saying that the reason Uro is so dominant and I despise it so much in historic as opposed to where in Pioneer, I'm like, it's whatever. Annoying. I'm happy to see it go when we start off with that. But we said that like, hey. Historic doesn't have fires, doesn't have reclamation, it doesn't have three fairy, doesn't even have Winota. It doesn't have a lot of these powerful things that Pioneer has access to, and like even Omnath as well. So, out of all the broken things that Historic could be doing, and of course they have some weird stuff going on too with like packs and negation and all that, whatever. But the most powerful thing, the powerful card of the format is Uro. So, it is the meta. Where in Pioneer, it's just like, you play Uro because you can, not because you need to, right? That's where my differentiation goes. Yeah. And then Modern's power level of how good the Uro uh, Omnath piles and things like that is just incredible. So that's why I say Pioneer's on the bottom of the list in that ranking. Legacy's interesting. I'm not going to touch that too much, although I am going to say this first. Why the fuck are they thinking about banning Uro before Oko in Legacy? That's wild to me. That's wild. I, I do not know enough about Legacy at all, so I have no idea. I mean, granted, like that, that's crazy. I was thinking, like, yeah, because Oko because you get just one shot by a Merit Lage, but then you're, I suppose your Uro that matters because you're going to be above twenty life. But like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know enough about Legacy. Um, so I think an important note and i've sent brad like notes in which we're going to go over things and i'm going to change the order again um at the bottom of the euro band thing what now i think that's an important thing to talk about like what do we do now now we'll touch a little bit on who we think wins who we think loses the Mm -hmm. problem with like the following conversation 
is that it's going to have a giant asterisk slapped on it. We do not know if other cards are being banned. They're talking about a bigger ban announcement. For all we know, they might ban Valky in Modern, right? They're like, we are fine with how the rules work, we just don't like Valky. Uh, for example, like we have no idea. Maybe in Pioneer, they're banning this Wilderness Reclamation and Three Fairy. Like, we don't know. We just yeah. know that there is a bigger... It could even be that they just think, call this a bigger announcement because it might affect four formats. So yeah, we honestly fair. have no idea. So if we're now going to talk about decks, some of these decks might not... They might just die, right? If we're going to talk about the effects on Wilderness Reclamation, and Wilderness Reclamation gets banned Monday, or the Monday after. I mean, that's the biggest hit to Wilderness Reclamation, because there will be no Wilderness Reclamation anymore. Oh, but you can play Yorn now and do... <laughs> you can play Yorn. <laughs> and you, and you can do giant explosions in your combat step, rather than in Hooray. your end step. That's like you, can a... pop your, you can pop your world tree in your combat step. Uh... Anyway. So... With that asterisk out of the way, in case only Uro gets banned, and I do think it is still just an interesting thing to talk about, talk about who wins, who loses. Now, the easiest win, obviously, is everybody who doesn't play Uro. Of course. Right? And had to deal with Uro. And just people who don't like Uro as a card in general. There you go. Yeah, because as, as the saying goes, um, well... Never mind, I was a saying about a rising tide lifts all boats, so I suppose the opposite applies too. A lowering tide lowers all boats. Um, but obviously, that's only the boats with Uro in it. So if you're saying, let's say, Golgari Elves, which I have been playing a lot for the last week, quite successfully, I might add, especially after I stole the list with Funeral Pyre. Well, I didn't steal the whole list. I saw someone playing in a league, a challenge, they had a pyre of heroes. I keep calling it funeral pyre. I guess it is a funeral pyre, but <laughs> pyre of heroes, which yeah. is just elvish birthing pod. My god, that card is nice. But like, if I'm looking at a deck like that, it's like, hey, this deck struggled against Uro. So I, I win here. And yep. I'm not going to name every deck in the meta or outside of the meta that doesn't run Uro, because it's a lot. Um, but the main ones to touch on are obviously the big players now. Like, um... The first three that come to mind, Mono, uh, mono Green Planeswalkers, Boral's Burn, Mono Black Aggro. Right? Three really big decks where I kind of see Mono Red Aggro, that counts under Boros, um, being like the big winners. Because they were the decks that had to deal with Uro, but didn't actually run Uro. So they're kind of freed up now. And we have to see what else comes up to compete with these decks. I'm especially interested in Mono Green. Because I feel like Burn is going to get a lot of competition from other aggro decks now. With Uro being gone. Because Uro was a big roadblock for aggro decks that weren't fast enough. Say like an Elves. Where it's like, I'm fast, but I'm like having resiliency while killing you on turn 6 fast. And Boros Burn is like, I don't care what you're doing, I'm killing you on turn 4 fast. Yeah. And that turn 6 fast doesn't work if your opponent is playing an Uro deck and like running some sweepers or some way to stall you out. Because at one point, you're looking at a 6-6, six, six, 
and you don't have any removal in your main deck, and you're like, how do I kill, deal with this 6-6? Six, six? And it's going to start attacking you, and then they board wipe, and then they bring it back, and whatever, right? All these decks win. So I would say the big winners are aggro decks that weren't fast enough to go under Burrow. I would say those are the biggest winners, because these decks have like been unlocked. Like Mono Green is better now, Boros Burn is better now. Other decks are more unlocked. Now, they're still going to have a, a lot of stuff to deal with, but they are, they come out on top. And oh, yeah. these are generally decks that I quite like. Not necessarily to play, but decks I like to see. Right? I like flavors of aggro. Yeah, we don't want like, the same thing over and over again. Like It's nice to have the, uh, the, the, the Featherless Feather deck pop up again. Yeah, or We've even that like recently. an Embercleave deck now. Oh yeah, cool. You know, an, an Embercleave deck not staring down a six-six blocker. Like, hey, maybe we're maybe it's time for some gruel, right? We get like the Akum Fellhound, Brushfire Elemental, uh, Kazari, something. And we have we deck. have the pathways now too, so yeah, gruel is in a great position. Yeah, like hey, forward. maybe 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 a deck like that can pop up now, where it would historically just not work because the roadblock that is Uro. Now they're still gonna have to deal with the roadblock that is Omnath, but Omnath is definitely less of a roadblock, I would say. Unless they hit Omnath on this upcoming ban list as well. Which, I mean, yeah. That's possible. Again, that's but the I, maybe they consider Omnath to be powered down enough because Uro is such a crucial part to that. Be, I would say, if we're thinking like the top of the meta, I consider Omnath to be one of the sort of. This is where it's a bottom top. Like we got Uro, Wreck, Three Fairy. In that. Regard like I would, I would see all those cards go before I would see Omnath go. To be honest, yeah, because Omnath really benefits from these other powerful cards. Yeah, benefits from the other cards to begin with, and Omnath being a four-color card, just it, there is just a cost there, right? And we saw it in some events recently, like on our Discord server and other people talking, and just you know the logic in general. Five color, well, playing a four colored card on turn four is just hard. There's a cost mm -hmm. there. You're playing a lot of triomes, and now you don't have this Uro to stop help you stabilize. from getting punished by this aggro. Yeah, to help you stay yeah. Same for three fairy, yeah. right? It means that you can't squeeze your Omnath in under a counter spell because your three fairy is no longer there. You know, let's say they ban that card. So I feel in a vacuum, Omnath is the most manageable card. Also, because uh, yeah, unless they go like turn five Omnath, Fable Passage, you don't have a kill spell in response. Because if you, you know, Omnath comes in, trigger on the stack, kill it. Yeah, because you draw. drew a card. Like, that, that's fine, right? That, that's not the end of the world. I can beat Four you drawing draw a card. card. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I cannot beat you drawing, gaining life, putting a land onto the battlefield, and then the, the guy comes back next turn because you've got enough cards in your graveyard or if you're Seder Wayfinder or something, right? I can't yeah. beat that. I can beat your four mana four four draw card. But going back to who wins, um, I think you covered it pretty nicely. Uh, definitely those decks. Um, you could throw Spirits in there as well. But yeah, Blanket Slate, Aggro decks in general are the winners here. And then uh, I would also say Midrange is a winner here. Because now you have the ability to play a Midrange deck that isn't forced to play Uro. Um, now, there is a particular Midrange deck, well, two of them, that I would say lose. But I think the archetype as, uh, as a whole wins because it opens up this space for creativity and you don't feel pushed out. And, you, the, and we might see yeah. some cool mid-range decks that do well. And that way of, control wins too. 
Yeah, I yeah. yeah. All the other cards, I mean, they're can be hard and they're protected by the fairy. All these other cards, if I counter them, they're gone. So counter magic, quote unquote, works against Uro unless it's you know Void Shatter or something. Counter magic doesn't work because he he'll come back, and if they just bring back their Uro two, three, four times, that's what just ends up burying you. I've played yeah. plenty of games against something like Four Color Omnath that went fine. Until they started recurring their Uro over and over, and I just ran out of answers. Because yeah, and... Omnath is kind of glass cannon if you think about it. It's like ramp, 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 uh, Ugin, big thing, kind of thing like that. Uh, yeah, especially you now they've gone to like the Genesis Ultimatum stuff. Yeah, and part of the They're just like ball. racing you. And then you're just like, okay, negate. Like, crap. <laughs> or kill their Lotus Cobra. It's like, okay, bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> so. But speaking of potential mid range decks that are losers, Let's talk about what you consider, and we talked about this a little bit uh, before recording, the biggest loser of this entire thing, not to be confused with the hit reality TV show. <laughs> Soltai. Like yes. traditional Soltai, not Reclamation, but like just straight up Soltai, uh, we're filling the yard and playing Uro. It was Delirium at the start, and it's kind of devolved into the bit more controlly aspect of like Shark Typhoon, your fatal pushes, and like Nisu shakes the world. Um, so and yeah, then it kind of went all Uro, yeah. So, what do you it, think it, about them losing Uro? Yeah, like th- in that sense, they take the biggest hit from losing Uro. Now, it's hard to evaluate uh, on the spot. There's a deck, uh, there's a deck we'll talk about a little bit later, which is like a new flavor of Wilderness Reclamation, which might have a hard time existing now that it doesn't have the backup wing condition of Uro, mm-hmm. but in a you know, just like first glance, I thought biggest loser probably Saltite. Because Soltai went from, like, I have Uro as a bonus, like a lot of these other decks do, like Four Color Niv and Team Reclamation. They sort of have Uro as a bonus. Soltai was like, yeah, but Uro is just the best thing I should be doing. And they really just became Uro decks. Right? They, the other ones are like, they're not named after Uro. Right? They're like Wilderness Reclamation, Bring to Light, Four Color Omnath. Where yeah. I would say Soltai, it would almost be fair to call it Soltai Uro. That's how think... defining the card was for the deck. And if your deck loses its namesake card, you're in trouble. Generally speaking. Because then we're mm-hmm. going to have to go back to just Delirium. Which, Delirium isn't necessarily a bad deck, but it's definitely just, as a whole, a step down from being Soltai Your you whole lose deck this loses. broken recurring card. That that benefits from the yard, like you're trying to do anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like it, Uro fit in so well with what Soltai was doing, and it was so much better than anything else. Which is like, yeah, just you know, get these delirium cards out of here. I want to be eating this graveyard, mm-hmm. and now we're going to be back to eating your graveyard, uh, like relying on your graveyard for a lot of your cards to work. Which also means you're more opened up to graveyard hate in a way, because now suddenly your traverse the wolf might be a lay on the land. And your uh, Ishkana is a five mana three five. Yeah. Especially taking people off Delirium on the stack with something like Cling to Dust is disgusting. And you get they think really like, sad. oh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna traverse and get my Ulamog, and it's like, nope, you are getting a forest, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's always a big feels bad. Other than Soltai, depends on your perspective. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> 
I just came from a tutoring lesson where we talked about point of view and the theme of point of view, because we did it on Monday. Um, we had a different theme for this point of view. <clears throat> it was perspective. And it was hey. all about trying to understand different points of view and like things like that. So from our pioneer perspective, uh, fuck Uro. Bye-bye. Good riddance. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, decks that could get really hurt by this, we have one that could potentially flat out not exist depending on how they approach this ban list. Because you mentioned, what if they ban Wilderness Reclamation? Well, in that case, do they pull an historic and say we have to ban three fairy as well? Because that's what keeps Reclamation in check and there's no reason to have it in the format otherwise. So let's say that happens. Wreck gets banned, Uro gets banned, three fairy gets banned. Rip Niv. Niv they, 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 dead they changed the Valky rule. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, yeah, Niv. Yeah, Niv's done. Yeah, now, Niv, Niv is already probably in a, done. Niv is already in a tough spot um, right now with losing Uro. Because, it again, like we've talked about before, this is not a deck, like most of the other decks that played Uro, that is centered around Uro. But the fact that it helps progress your game plan, and you talk about four-color Omnath being a, you know, a cost, because it's four-color, right? So you're playing Triumphs things like that. Well, look at fucking five-color Niv. That is the definition of cost. They're playing all the Triumphs, all these different, like, one-ofs and different random lands. They're playing their Sylvan Carotid. Some, some of us have even seen play, like, a, a handful, like, maybe one, two, sometimes three. Uh, what's the Hexproof Elf? Paradise Druid. Just to be like, I need I need more uninteractable things yeah. that can tap for mana. And Uro is a great way, just like in Omnath, to kind of hold off those decks that are meant to get underneath it. Because you're playing Triumphs, you're playing Taplands, you're playing just mana dorks that you kind of don't want to trade too much. And yeah, Paradise Druid is not a blocker. <laughs> no, it's like, okay, it's like, I hope I don't die next turn kind of card. And by playing Uro, you get that three life, you get that ramp, you get closer to your Niv, you get better control into what you're trying to do, and of course the recurring back-end game, pl uh, game plan for plan B is fantastic. Losing that in what is arguably the most fair deck in the, in the format, which is weird to say in considering what the deck does, but it, it is. Um, it's hard to maintain that already with losing Niv. Is the deck dead currently? No. I've said this before. you said this before. This is not a Niv to Light deck, or it's not a Bring to Light deck. It's not a Niv Mizzet deck. It's not even an Uro deck. This is a Three Fairy deck. Because Three Fairy is the card that holds this deck together. Well, it makes it so it's not bad against control. Yeah. Right? This is, this is, is the, especially with the loss of Uro, this is really the type of deck that's just kind of bad against control. Like, mm -hmm. just, just play Disdainful Stroke against this deck, right? <clears throat> or it is a five-color deck, which means it gets hit by almost all-color hate. Things like Mystical Dispute, Aether Gust, like, all affects this deck because it has all so many colors, right? And I think this was, like, one of the first episodes we did where I talked about Teferi is a cool card, is a fine card as long as it enables decks like Niv. And I still think it really like makes this deck tick. And if it loses Uro and it loses three fairy, this deck suddenly becomes very it stops being resilient. Like Niv works because it's actually a really resilient deck. If you lose the cards that make the deck resilient, you might just be too glass cannony. And too much stuff 
stops you, right? You, you lose too many games where you get thought seized on turn one. You lose too many games where your opponent has an opening hand with a with a negate and a disdainful stroke, and now your stuff doesn't resolve. Right? There's too many of that happening to you, then you're probably like in a really bad spot. Yeah, as a it, go, deck. it goes from a deck that's like, hey, uh, here's an Uro, here's a three fairy, um, and you tell your opponent, these are cards that are threat, uh, threatening on their own. Um, so you kind of need to deal with these now. And then by the time they go into Niv and resolve that, because you spent all your cards trying to burn through their Uros and their three fairies and things like that, then they just slam down Niv, draw five cards, and say, yeah. okay, let's do it again. And you're sitting there as the control player, which I'm sure you've been in this position, Alex, as the Grixis player here, where you're staring at a hand with just a Thoughtseize that you happened to top deck last turn, and you're going to your draw step like, I've burned all of my counter spells. I've burned all of my removal. My my my, my yeah, stuff is like gone. I've burned everything to deal with this three mana card you have. Right? Yeah. I've I've lost a lot of games either being forced because because Teferi forces your opponent's counter spells out of their hand. Because mm -hmm. like I'm putting Teferi on the stack. You play them now or they don't work. So you you literally have to you force a counter word. It's kind of a check on your opponent. You played the fairy. Let's see if there is any counter magic there. Because if there is, it's being cast right now, right. right? Almost all the time. Yes, they could have like eliminate negate or something, and they're like, let it resolve, eliminate it, keep up negate, like something like that can happen. Well, and they, they can't let it resolve, and you're like, ha, this is a creature. Uh, well, if you if you go to your turn, then eliminate it. Oh, and yes, have yes, counter yes. magic up again. That could work. <clears throat> yeah, but I I still remember a game I played, and I had an opening hand. Uh, I I was on the play against Niv. Um, no, I was on the draw, and they had um, my, my hand was something like one thought sees a billion counter spells. Yeah, and two lands, and they went turn one gilded goose when the deck still played that. I untapped, and I was like, I can, and I had a watery grave. It's like I can shock in this watery grave and keep up mystical dispute for a Teferi, or I can thought seize them and take the Teferi. However, if they have two Teferis in their hand, I thought sees one, they play the other, I instantly lose the game. Because my hand is full of counter magic, and they're going to be able to resolve everything, because Teferi's on the field. So I end up shocking in a watery grave, but holding back a mystical dispute. They play the voice of resurgence, I lost. <laughs> and that was just playing around Teferi. Just it was excluded yeah. that three mana card, and I've I've said this countless times, and it goes similar for Dovin's Veto. When you're playing a control deck, and Teferi is like part of the game, so it's in your opponent's deck or it's in your deck. Almost the entire game revolves around that card. If you're playing an Esper Mirror, if your opponent's Teferi resolves and yours doesn't, you're done. Game's over. And the fact that this three mana card forces it out of your opponent. Oh yeah, and oh yeah, they're playing all these five mana bonds. <coughs> right? You want to yeah. bring in Disdainful Stroke? Cool, but that doesn't counter Teferi. So an opening hand with just a Disdainful Stroke is bad. Because if they play Teferi first, your Disdainful Stroke doesn't work. And all these intricacies, all these things your opponents have to play around, just all crumble if Teferi gets banned. Because, well, he's no longer there. Mm. Gonna be a very relaxing matchup to play, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> compared to now where it's stressful as hell to play against Niftalite. Yeah, I've never enjoyed playing the matchup, though I appreciate that the deck has existed. 
I love and the yeah. matchup if they don't play Teferi on turn three. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a really cool matchup because they have some counter magic. They run Thought Seizes. If you, you know, are caught off guard and they play a Rakdos' return for five, like, shouldn't have done that. But it, it's not fun when Teferi is there because the matchup feels like non competitive. Yep. Pumping the brakes on the Reclamation and Teferi possibility of bans, let's go back to more losers for Uro in general, because we know that Uro's getting banned. That is confirmed. Yeah. Next one is, we talked about this one a little bit, and I brought it up, and I said that this one is a little bit the least affected, and you kind of alluded to that as well. It's four-color Omnath. It becomes a bit more glass cannony, the same we would talk about it before, of like, it, you, you're punished for playing these lands, things like that, and now the aggro deck that is trying to get under you probably can't get under you now. Other than that, Omnath I mean, is probably still functional. This is this is more of an Omnath Lotus Cobra deck than it is an Uro deck. Yeah, exactly. And your Lotus Cobra Omnath, like I'm going to cast a Genesis Ultimatum on turn four, like that still works, right? So y- your nut draw still exists, and that's the same way why it affects Wreck less, right? Your unfair game plan still exists. Mm-hmm. Or even with Niftalite, where it's like, I have this ridiculous tutor that my deck is built around, still works. And speaking of every flavor of Wreck, we know the usual suspects. There's Four Color, there's Teamer, and there's Soul Tie. Four Color used to just be like, oh, we play Omnath and Three Fairy now, and you can play Dovin's Veto out the side and things like that. But Alex, Four Color has devolved into something else. Technically, Five Color Wreck now. Yeah. Can you explain what it is? Yes. So I've... Backstory? Very quick. We were supposed to record on Monday or Tuesday, and we didn't have the BNR yet. And I had prepared to talk about this deck for, like, the whole episode. <laughs> and then they dropped this BNR, and it just throws, like, all my... Well, all my prep effectively out the window, but I guess it's still useful to talk about. It's World Tree. Again, from the people that brought you, can't believe it's not butter. Can't believe it's not legendary. World Tree. And there is a very obvious World Tree win condition. Now that you think about it, obvious win condition for World Tree that I personally didn't consider. And it's Perforos. Shout out to Adrian, because he actually did consider and said it on our cast of the yeah. uh, the top five. Like He even named Perforos, and I was like, and they're going like, yeah, that's actually kind of cute. And then also, I just didn't consider it as a reality. And here we no, are. But that's because of a way the rules work that I just didn't think of. Because I mentioned, I think I mentioned it when we spoiled the World Tree. It's like, yeah, you know, in Commander, and when you crack your World Tree in your God Tribal deck, don't get Perfros because it's going to one-shot all your opponents. Because you get Perfros and like a billion other gods. Mm-hmm. Now here's a funny way with how the rules work in Magic. If you just grab a Colossus and four copies of Perfros, they actually all enter. They give you five devotion. Even though four of it comes from Burfros, that doesn't matter because as they enter, despite the legendary rule, they're all there. Mm-hmm. So they all enter. You have five devotion. Check. That means they will enter as creatures. All your four Burfro, all four Burfros see at least four. You can grab two clothes and it will be five. Let's say for the math, it's easier. You play, get four Perforos, two Colossus. Every Perforos sees five other creatures enter the battlefield. So you put 
20 Perfrost triggers on the stack. And then it's like, yeah, I'm going to have to Legend Rule, whatever, whatever. You know, I'm only left with one Perfrost and one Clothis. But your triggers are already on the stack. So you just machine gun your opponent for 40. That's it. Fun. And it works because you run an extra Clothis. So even if you grab three Perfros and some other gods, it works. Uh, and you still one-shot your opponent. I think if you grab... Yeah, you end up dealing 24 damage. If mm-hmm. you grab three Perfros and two Clothis. So if there's Perfros in your hand, you can win. Um, the deck also runs Fire Prophecy or Valakut's Awakening. Just put your Perfroses on the deck. Just don't Perfrose Flood. It's very hard, very easy to deal with. And the World Tree curves very nicely with Wilderness Wreck. Just on taps. Yeah, and especially how it works neatly is, let's say you've got five lands, you've got a Wilderness Wreck out. You play your World Tree. Your World Tree is now your sixth land, which means that all your lands tap for all colors. You go to your end step, you float, you've got five other lands untapped, you float exactly Wooburg, or whatever, but you float Wooburg. You untap, the five lands that aren't Wall Tree float Wooburg again, which gives you exactly the mana you need to crack, to tap and crack your Wall Tree. And then you just win. Yeah. And one interesting thing about this deck is, especially interesting, because you alluded to it earlier, like, hey, Teferi is generally the check to Wilderness Wreck. Because like, cool, you've got a billion mana, but you can't cast spells on it. This isn't a spell. Yeah. Also makes it really hard to interact with. Because it's a land that then has an activated ability, and all what Perfros does is being a triggered ability. So we're almost exclusively looking at instant speed land destruction, or, or, stifles. or stifles, really. Now, there are some other cards... And I will touch on some of them, because this deck might not survive the Euroban. And why I'm saying that is because it really felt like this deck is quite glass cannony, but then has this Euro backup. Mm-hmm. But now that it doesn't have the Euro backup, maybe if you're just prepared for the glass cannon, the decks may... I'm not sure if it is, but the deck might just not be good enough. It might be too much like a combo deck that doesn't really have a good backup. Because what's your backup going to be? Like, board in Explosion, and then just play Teamer? I mean, that might work. I'm not saying that's a bad idea, but it's very much a deck that is built around World Tree. Because what I forgot to mention, it's like a 36-land deck or something. It runs Uh, Arboreal... 39. It runs Arboreal Grazer. It runs Golos. Uh, Oh, it's a Yorion deck. Yeah. I didn't know it was a Yorion deck. Oh, oh, it's the same logic, right, as Oopsal Spells, so you have a lower chance to grab your combo pieces, and Mm -hmm. you tutor out the things you need anyway. Yeah. Uh, But it runs 39 lands, Arboreal Grazer, Golos. Obviously, it runs your Wilderness Reclamation, it ran your Uro, it runs 3 Fairy, because, you know, you want to protect your combo. which is going to bring me into some cards that I think are good against this. Um, but it doesn't have the great backup. Like, activating Golos in this deck isn't as scary as it would be in a lot of other Golos decks. Because you're going to flip, like, a billion lands in an Arboreal Grazer, and it's like, woohoo, nice expenditure of your seven <laughs> mana, right? Still super strong in that aspect, but it does have the... It loses its backup plan. And what we've talked about 
plenty of times, especially when Inverter was around, this was a thing. But Teamer, Reclamation uh, as a whole has always sort of had the same idea about it. A, co- a control deck with a more combo-y finish is probably where you want to be. If that yep. type of deck exists, that's probably the type of deck you want to be playing. And the harder to interact with the combo, the better, which is why yeah. Tree is seeing the play. Yeah, so that's why Tree is still pretty good. But if it loses its backup plan, it doesn't really become a more controlling deck with a combo finish. It becomes a combo deck. And we could deal with combo. If a deck is like z- focused, the harder a deck is focused on a combo and the more reliant it is on comboing off, generally, the easier it is to interact with. Um, to deal with. Like, s- some exceptions have been like Lotus Field when it had. Um, Breach. Underworld Breach, because that was just so absurdly powerful that it could kind of just bulldozer over anything. Except but for that's also why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's also why something like Heliod was so good and Inverter yeah. was so good, because it didn't rely, it didn't really need its combo. It was just there. But if World Tree goes from like, no, I am the combo, there's some cards to deal with it. And I spend a lot of time going because initially i thought of this deck like this feels to me like field of the dead it's based on a land which makes it pretty hard to interact with and the main thing why i thought of field of the deck field of the dead is like this deck probably has similar hate cards as field of the dead so if you knew how to deal with field you probably have some good ideas as to how you can deal with this deck too and then i did some pointlessly long scryfall searches because i wanted to have a card that interacts with lands so i went to scryfall pioneer and i just filled in the word land that gets you a lot of results especially because i didn't know if it was possible to filter out the term non-land but it turns out the word non-land has the word land in it so there were a lot of cards that i found that were just weren't applying but some interesting ones to go over. Now, the first aspect you want to potentially attack is that it searches your library. Very obvious one, Ashok Dream Render. That literally just stops your opponent from searching their library. Another interesting one is Avon Mind Sensor. You remember that card being Pioneer Legal? No. No, it's no, 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 I do not. You should. But uh, well, it was reprinted in Amon Cap. But even Mind Sensor. Well, if they search, they can only search the top four, unless the top four cards are literally like four Perforos and they have a Clothus in play. They're not killing you if there's a Mind Sensor on the field. Um, then we look at cards that stop the enter the battlefield effects. Something like Tokatli Honor Guard, Hushbringer. Um, which immediately I had a side note here, which now doesn't apply. Like Tokatli Honor Guard has the downside. If they play an Uro, it's now a 3-mana 6-6. Because its entered battlefield effect doesn't trigger, so it's, if you cast this card without escaping it, it dies, or however it's worded. That Mm. doesn't apply either. Well, I can scrap that note now, because the Uro is never entering. Um, There's also an instant speed to Catley Honor Guard, or Hushbringer, which is Hushwing Griff, which is obviously nice to flash in in response. Like, hey, you've just tapped out to go and search your library, except now your Perforos doesn't do anything. Because again, they enter as creatures, so they do not cause the abilities to trigger, because creatures enter the battlefield won't cause abilities to trigger. We've got extraction effects. Um, 
you would say, hey, I want to name the world tree. Obviously, you can also name Burfros if there's already a world tree on the battlefield. Then some other cards. There's Graph Digger's Cage. Creatures can't enter the battlefield. Yep. Uh, they are creature enchantments, so you don't need weathered runestone. Cage is fine. Um, then I noted Field of the Dead. That should be Field of Ruin. Um, then Field of, yeah, well, field of Ruin is... That's a good instant. one to battle it. Field of yeah. the Dead. Bring that <laughs> back. <laughs> but Field of Ruin is instant speed land destruction. Because remember, yeah. the um, the tree enters the battlefield tapped initially. So if you can kill it before they can untap it with their wilderness reclamation, you're fine, right? If you're playing blue-white control, just slap four field of the dead in. And now they're going to be tutoring for their world tree. So, right? so you're still going to have to find it another way, right? Don't put in four field of ruin and call it a day, right? Oh, yeah, I, I will never die to this combo now. You will. But if you only do that. But that's oh, yeah. a good way to go about it. Then there was also... Uh, I found another land destruction effect, which was... Uh, encroaching Waste. Now let me look that up because I forgot how the exact wording was. Uh, There's a Bobble Land? Yes, it's a land from Magic 2014. It's just a land. It says enter. Uh, just enter smell of it untapped. Uh, tap for colorless. Four mana, tap. Sacrifice Encroaching Waste. Destroy target non-basic land. This was one I was mainly considering if you're playing something like Grixis, and you don't run a lot of basics, and Field of the De uh, Field of Ruin can really punish you, because your mana base doesn't support it, I would like board this in, but not as a land, but as a spell. And I would consider this like um, uncounterable or Teferi-proof instant speed land destruction. Which could then be, so Encroaching Waste works if Field of Ruin doesn't work in your deck like a three-color control deck. Or if you want to really spice sense. it up and you're playing like four-color Omnath, you're playing four-color World Tree, and you're like, I don't want to run Field of Ruin, uh, Field of yeah, Field of Ruin, you could run this. Uh, another one I was considering is Tectonic Edge. That is not legal, sadly. That cleansing is cleansing Yeah, but that's sorcery speed. True. And that was I was mainly looking at instant speed waste. If you're playing four color Omnath or something, and you have three fairy on board, though, eh, eh. Oh, and then it also stops wreck. It doesn't no, stop wreck with the world tree because it's activated. Yeah, we talked about that already. Um, yeah, so stalking, um, pithing needle. You can name the world tree. A little bit iffy, but you could uh, Phyrexian revoker. It's obviously just pithing needle on legs. Uh, a nice thing to tutor up in response. Sometimes they like play their world tree, and then you could tutor it up. Like makes it a little bit more safe, but still. Assassin's difficult. trophy. Uh, Assassin's trophy. Uh, discontinuity is a fun one. Just seven mana and your opponent's turn, but it's a bit expensive. <laughs> Gideon of the trials uh, works. You know our good friend Gids is back. Can't because, lose the game. Yeah, can't lose the game because again, how the planeswalker redirection work rule works is if you find an old Perfros, it will do damage to each opponent, and each opponent has not received an errata with that rules change. It will only hit opponents. It will not hit opponents or Planeswalkers they control, because it's a generic hit each opponent. Yeah. Um, and then there is, uh, before I 
bring up one that I thought was the spiciest one I found because it was actually a card I didn't know existed, which doesn't happen as often anymore. Stifle effects. And there's quite some nice ones. Uh, there's Summary Dismissal, technically not a Stifle effect, but a good one, uh, mm. a good card to bring in in these type of matchups. Uh, Tails End? There's also a lot of legendaries I in the deck. I do love Tails End. And Tails End is quite well positioned anyway. So probably it also could stifle could... the Reclamation itself. Yeah, but you just stifle the World Tree because they have then sacked it as a cost. So if you well, then I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying like if like they go Plan B because I've seen a few of these decks run like uh, Expansion Explosion, like a, like a two of, just as a backup kind of thing. Yeah, that could work too. Um, fair enough. But there's also just a legendary in the deck, right? The Tails End yeah. can also be used to stop the Teferi that is protecting it from your other instant speed interaction. So, so when I... Teferi's feels good. Yeah, what I brought up when I was just talking about Niv, and I was like, um, Disdainful Stroke doesn't work because it's it doesn't work against Teferi, so it can be an iffy card to bring in. In this case, Tails End is fine. It works and against Teferi and the thing you're actually bringing the Tails End in for. Uh, Disallow. As your three mana counter spell, you know, especially mm. now that Uro is gone, there might be a little bit more room to bring in your cancel with Stifle and Stifle Bird to Nimble Obstructionist. Good old Nimble Obstructionist. That card I was also card. very good to me during the Demir Inverter times, and because you're kind of you're just trying to beat them at their own game. Right? They're using an activated ability that's hard to interact with, and now so are you. But your activated ability is stopping their activated ability. So and drawing a card. And drawing a card. That's God, I, I love Nimble Obstructionist. Like I'm tempted to build like an Is It Flash deck just so I can main deck it. Even mm. if this deck doesn't exist, just because Nimble Obstructionist. It is a wizard if you can do Is It Wizard Flash. Oh yeah, it's a wizard too. Um But here's a fun one. That I consider. I think that's the last. Yeah, I got Blood Sun. Uh, it's a three mana enchantment. There's uh, another. You have one. Alpine Moon. Yeah, which I, I'm holding um, in my playset for the camera right now. Alpine Moon's fun for the mirror because you can name a land and your opponent's lands with that name lose all abilities. And I think it just lose all abilities and tap for any color now. Yep. So if you name the World Tree, yours still works, just your opponent's doesn't. But. Very spicy one is Hallowed Moonlight. No idea what that is. Hallowed Moonlight, one and a white. Until end of turn, for an instant. Until mm. end of turn, if a creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. Draw a card. So if they go and crack their wall tree, if they go and crack their wall tree, you can cast Hallowed Moonlight, and they better not be finding any of their Perforosis, because they're going straight to exile. And what I like about this card is that if push comes to shove, like, let's say they try and, like, they have just enough mana where they're like, hey, I'm going to play Teferi first, and then I still have the mana for World Tree, you could just preemptively cast Hallowed Moonlight. It's like, until end of turn, you cannot do your combo. And because it's based on Reclamation, they're going to lose the mana they were floating. So it's not like they can then do it in your upkeep. Would Containment Priest work the same way? Should, right? Oh, I think Containment Priest works too, yeah. yeah. And that even sticks around. Wow, I somehow read Hallowed Moonlight and I didn't consider Containment Priest. 
Uh, yeah, if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast exile instead, so containment Which priest you, works too. You could do that same thing uh, if they cast a fairy on the stack for the fairy resolves. Yeah, but then they can they can Kill blink it. your containment yeah. priest back to your hand, and then it still works. Oh yeah, then you cry. Yeah, so Hallowed oh. Moonlight sort of has this extra layer where you can just do it preemptively. It's like silence. Right? It, it's the same idea as silence, where it's like I don't know what you were going to do, but you're not. And Hello Moonlight works the same way, and I really like the fact that it can trips. Yeah, that's nice. So that even means, like, let's say you're a local meta or something, or you're really afraid of this deck, you just bring in, you just put four in your board or something stupid, right? It cycles anyway. Maybe you can even get cute and put, like, one in your main deck for a blue-white control deck. <laughs> like how these modern decks randomly run Shadow of Doubt sometimes. This can be your Shadow of Doubt. Where sometimes you just, like, your opponent plays a Genesis Ultimatum. Huh? Guess your yeah. Omnaths are going straight to exile. And then they hit Ugin and you cry. But. Oh. Aww. Aww, they hit Ugin. But my board's already empty, so he's at least only upticking. <laughs> <laughs> True, I'm only getting Lightning Bolted and then I'll deal with it. Yeah. Were there any other particular ones that I thought about? I kind of rambled, but there was just. I should have ordered them. I just have this big list here, and I forgot to order the list. Uh, yeah, the only thing I made was a was a selection of what I think are the ones that make the most sense, which ended up with six. Uh, so Nimble Obstructionist, because it's hard to interact with, for them too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashok Dream Render uh, also um, stops them from searching their library. Again, a Planeswalker is a harder permanent type for them to interact with. I've looked at the lists. Generally, a lot of your cards are like, yeah, but this doesn't work if they have to ferry. Obviously, being a planeswalker, Ashok's fine with that. Tail's End counters both to ferry and this ability, so you're also like freeing up your other spells to work. Either your other copies of Tail's End, your Assassin's Trophies, your Disallows, Hallowed Moonlights, whatever. Hushwing Griff, I've had because of the instant speed. A little bit less relevant because of Uro now, because it doesn't like give you the your opponent will just turn around and cast an Uro on you idea, because you can flash it in. A little bit less valuable now, but still a card I very much like, especially because you could just do it in response, which I like instant speed cards, obviously. Um, Avon Mind Sensor, similar idea. You can flash it in in response. Avon Mind Sensor has the upside. You can just flash it in response to them um, cracking their world. Oh, I think Hushwing Griff is the same. Yeah, you can do it in response to them cracking their um, their world tree, so they actually lose the world tree, which is a downside that Hallowed Moonlight has. If you cast Hallowed Moonlight, like preemptively, like with a Teferi, well, then they're just not going to crack their world tree. And even though they can't deal do it in your upkeep, you're still going to have to deal with it when the term comes back to them. Uh, and the last one I had, so I actually have seven, I'm cheating, is Disallow because of the ease that it can slot in a deck. You can replace your three mana counter spell, especially if you're running something like Absorb or um, Absorb, Solid Coming, a card like that. You could just swap what cancel with upside you're running based on the meta, which just makes this card a very easy include. Yeah. And I have a bias towards this allow. That is true. Now we've dissected every way until Sunday, I think is the expression. Right. That you can fight this deck. Yes. If people come up with play. other ideas, just even just to like have this in the bank for the future, because we're again, I looked at it like, how do I deal? 
what dealt with Inverter, what dealt with Field of the Dead, because I thought it was sort of like an in-between of how you're supposed to be dealing with this, just to have it in the database. If you have any other ideas, please hop on the server and like be like, hey, I have this other tech that works in a situation, and this is great because of this. Please let me know, because I love having these oddball cards like Hallowed Moonlights just somewhere. Yeah. Though, if they end up banning Reclamation, you can just throw all this out the window and uh, call it a day. Potentially. Because one angle I considered with how you can take this deck, which I think would be much fairer, and a deck I think is much less quote-unquote problematic, if this turns out to be problematic, when it had Uro, I imagined this deck being problematic, which is why I devoted so much time to it. But now that the Uro is gone, it might not be as problematic. But even if they ban Reclamation, why don't we take a you know, page out of the Book of Field of the Dead and just go back to Hour of Promise ramping into this? Hmm. Because getting to 11 lands, it's not that hard. Grove Spiral. If you're playing like Grove Spiral, uh, Grove Spiral, Arboreal Grazer, Golos, um, Hour of Promise, you you can ramp into this, right? You can even go spicier and just make some of your lands deserts, and then you can make blockers with your Hour of Promise, or you know, just just something like that to buy yourself some time. Yeah, uh, you can even take like the cycling deserts, so you can have like a really high land count in your deck. Hmm. You can even do Maybe. cycling desert ramming up excavator shenanigans, but that's probably mm. taking a step. Crucible worlds. Ooh. Ooh, then we're getting to the Gitrog, oh, yeah, uh, the Gitrog monster. No, we're going to do so Gitrog. Oh, no. It, no once, the deck, once deck building devolves to Gitrog monster, you've probably done something wrong. So let's wind <laughs> back. <laughs> but Gitrog, I love him. Oh, that, that promo, though, is phenomenal. The judge promo that there was a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that one. 10 out of 10. Though, speaking of potential bans, we've kind of covered all of this. Let's reel back a little bit. We know Uro's going. And we touched on the possibility of other cards getting banned. They did say, and I quote, we plan to move forward into a larger BNR announcement. We'll have more information for that soon. So we'll know this coming Monday what's going on. Well, We'll know Eventually. when we'll get. We'll, we'll know when we're getting the announcement. Yeah, right. We're Unless either getting say, it Monday or Monday. We will know when we're getting it, which will be the following Monday. So two weeks. We got two weeks. God, I hate this. Just, just give us the list on Monday, please. Yeah. This is the announcement. Of the announcement. Stop Let's beating around the bush. You do not need this week to think about it. You've been thinking no. about this for a longer time. I hope. I I hope this is what this is what I want. I, for I would be scared if one week of information could change their mind so drastically. Like, if they've been looking at this for like two months, but apparently their entire thought process can be changed in a week, like, then you're just designing on a whim, right? Yeah. I really hope they're not doing that. Well, what, what I imagine what would happen is um, Monday we actually get the real ban announcement for Modern, Historic, and Pioneer. And then there's a little note saying next Monday we'll have an announcement for Legacy and we'll, we'll see how we approach it from there. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But going back to this announcement coming up, re- regardless of when we get it, Alex, you've just been sought out by Wizards. You've been found. You now have a wonderful position with their team on their play design team as well as their R&D and just understanding how bands work. 
you have all the power. They say, Alex, you're in charge of Pioneer for this upcoming ban list. Uro is a checklist or a, a box that's already been checked. We have that for you. What else are we doing? If anything. So just up to me, we're going to ban Wilderness Reclamation, Three Fairy, potentially Omnath, and Mystical Dispute. Okay. Let's say, Alex, you're no longer a Grixis player. You play no, Monitoring No, still, Devotion. still, still. I think Wilderness Reclamation and Three Fairy are oppressive. Mm-hmm. And I think they're above the power level uh, of the format. Omnath, I think, is debatable, as we talked earlier, um, where Omnath, lo- all these other shells had Omnath in it. I don't know if Omnath is still too powerful afterwards. I have my doubts. And Mystical Dispute is just toxic as hell. Like, I, I hate cards that in a color hate on... I generally hate those color hate cards anyway that, like, hate themselves. But I don't mind if they're not good in other situations. Or that they don't work against themselves. Like, Chandra's Defeat isn't good against Chandra's Defeat. Chandra's Defeat is good against red creatures. So if you're playing a red mirror, and you both have your Chandra's Defeat, you're shooting each other's red creatures, which is fine. If you're both running Mystical Dispute, you're running Mystical Dispute to counter your opponent's Mystical Dispute. Which is just stupid gameplay. Like, I hate these races to... The race to most Mystical Disputes. I think that's bad gameplay. Uh, I feel like... And my first thoughts when I came to, like, countering the World Tree, they were all blue. Like, in terms of, like, having answers to stuff, blue's good enough, right? Blue's good. It doesn't need Mystical Dispute to stop itself. Because it's like, oh, look at this blue deck being overpowered. What should we do? Well, it probably starts off by building a blue deck because you want Mystical Dispute. It's just, I hate that. Um, for me, it's also kind of a callback to like early Pioneer format, where I'm like, early on in Pioneer, we were much more creature based, and even though Pioneer still has like a fair amount of going on on the battlefield, I feel like we are trending too much towards this going going huge, right? Where we're playing uh, Niv protected by Three Fairy. Because I think overall Niv is fine. You should have some go big deck. But we've got like that. We've got uh, Wilderness and Wilderness Reclamation. Just being these sort of like, I don't really care what you're doing because I'm blowing you up on turn five type of gameplay that I just don't think is fun. So that's not just from the perspective of a Grixis player. That's just someone who likes to have fun. And I don't think... Like, me trying to race... It's just a race. I'm playing elves against your deck. I'm just racing you. I'm playing dwarves. I'm just racing you. I'm playing humans. It's just like, I'm racing you. I'm not really interacting you in a particularly meaningful way. You're probably not interacting with me in a particularly meaningful way. We are just racing to the finish. And that's not fun. Because at that point, it doesn't matter what decks you're throwing against each other if you're just racing each other. Would you unban anything? Oath of Nessa. No, Kethis. No, no. Um, <laughs> I don't like Oma. Let's unban Kethis. No, I don't think there's anything on the list that I would like to see unbanned at this point. I don't think it's time for Copter, uh, which is probably something yeah. people are considering. I don't think it's time for <clears throat> Copter at all. 
Uh, I think the Pioneer ban list is fine at this point. There's nothing in particular I'd want to see go off the list. I don't know if you have anything in mind. Uh, aside from Kethis. I actually am going to stand firm and say Kethis should remain banned because Kaldheim broke him. Um, I'm very sad about that. But you get an amazing search card and search for Gory. Um, it tutors up any of your combo pieces or combo pieces, any of your anything that you need, really. Um, you don't care about the saga thing, you care about the legendary aspect of it. Yeah. It's um, like your demonic tutor. Yeah, it's fantastic in that deck. Uh and then you also have um not the world tree lady, but the uh what's the other three minute one that gets a that gets the plus four plus two buff. She's a two. Oh four. yeah, I know which I know which one you mean. And then she has the artifact that taps for green for legendary things. That yeah. one is fantastic because you're gonna love playing that artifact part and getting extra mana, kind of like with your Mox Amber. Um, and that that's that's probably the worst part of it. The other one is like the fact that you can make your other dorks, or not dorks, but your other like creatures tap for mana now, like your other legendary ones. Having Kethis be a dork all of a sudden, and you can still activate his ability when he's tapped is fantastic. And then it's not hard to get all the other legendary permanents out to make her a 6-6 beater. Alex, I have won games beating down with Kethis before, <laughs> just because <laughs> you can. Now you have a natural 6-6 beater in it. Well, you already had Uro, but Uro's gone. So if Kethis comes back, you have more reason to play this girl. And you can still go into Lurus and Tashar and things like that. Like the, Kethis becomes way better. So no, as much as I would love with everything in my being and my heart to play Kethis again, uh, it would not be good for the format. I do want to bring up this, though. Uh, I was browsing around in the band discussion channel on the MTG Pioneer Discord server. Alex, have you ever taken a stroll through that server before? I, yeah, actually, when I tried to find a place to play webcam, I bumped into that one. I asked for a game. I didn't get a reply for three hours, and then I found this server. There you go. That's my only experience with... Uh, so I, I have no idea about what goes on on the Discord. I have left it since. I have a, I pop I pop in every now and then. I kind of take a little gander. Went to go check out the band discussion channel because I thought it'd be fun because they're of course they're talking about Pi- uh, Pioneer now. Always nice to watch era. a dumpster fire. Yes, it, it always is a dumpster fire. So someone posted this picture and it just says "Meanwhile" in the best timeline, and it is a fake screenshot of um, like the band announcement. It's the same font, same like little highlighted orange thing, just like you get from Watsi. Pioneer. Uro, Titan Nature's Wrath, is banned. Teferi, Time Raveler, is banned. Nykthos, Shrine to Nyx, is banned. Thassa's Oracle, is banned. Wilderness Reclamation, is banned. And Alex, we're not done yet. Sorry, people who want to ban Nykthos should put more Fatal Pushes in their deck. Like, <laughs> Nykthos is fine. Mono Green is fine. Right? Oh, oh, no. The, it makes sense. Ban Karn. In- it makes sense when you go. Oh, further. Leyline. We're we're done with the bands, Alex. We're going to the unbans now. Kethis the Hidden Hand, unbanned. Walking Ballista, unbanned. Felidar Guardian, unbanned. Smuggler's Copter, unbanned. Leyline of Abundance, unbanned. And this person has the audacity to say, "Meanwhile, in the best timeline." I would not look These, forward to playing this format. <laughs> this is just like. These people who over and, and I think I've spoken, but like for the people who play modern who are listening to this podcast, 
Splinter Twin should remain banned. Piss off with your endless unbanned twin. No, keep it banned. And it's the same with Felidar Guardian. Get this crap out of my format. I do not want to see it. We Could just you? had half a year of people being like, hey, Demir Inverter is a stupid deck because I can point at two cards and declare myself the winner of the game. And somehow you're okay with twin, which does the literal same. Just like Felidar Guardian and Sahili. I it's even say- the same mana. You can you can go off for six mana with Inverter yeah. Oracle, and you can go off for six mana with Guardian Sahili. I will say that for those of you who listened to this cast for a while, you might remember from a few months back. This is a project that I talked about, and uh, Alex and I even recorded a video for. We we were recording casting recordings for it and things like that, and it fell through. It kind of fell apart. We it was hard to get the schedule going, and incorporating the server community as it was uh, not the way to go. Even though it was in our best intentions to get more uh, involvement with the server. It was our Hall of Infamy bowl with all of the uh, band decks. And we got it all the way to the semifinals and the semifinals had finished except for Mono Black versus Mono Green Devotion. Do you remember, Alex, who made it to the finals and was awaiting the winner of that matchup? Which Mono Black Smuggler's Copter versus uh, Mono Green Devotion? I completely forgot, to be honest. It was Copycat. It was four color copycat. That was just chill. Oh. oh, yeah, that was in. I don't know if we did the predictions, if that ever went online anywhere, but I was like, it was easy. Copycat was winning the whole thing. Yeah. Like, um, I, didn't even, I didn't even need to need to think about it. I saw the decks. It's like, is copycat one of them? Yeah, cool. I don't care what the other decks are. Yep. And this was a format where we just said, here's the 10 banned decks in Pioneer. All of them go crazy. And copycat obliterated its opponents every game. It was insane. Now, that is a little anecdotal evidence. It's not empirical by any means. It's one tournament. And I did choose pilots that were skilled in the decks that we gave them. Um, So I tried to make it as high power level as we possibly could. But that tells you a lot just from there. And this person's like, yeah, bring it back. And we're not even... So the one reasonable card, because let, let's skip over the crazy nonsense, right? Like, Twin is stupid and Felidar Guardian is too. Whoever made this post, I'm not trying to talk, like, mad shit, but I'm trying to talk some shit. Oh, they, because... they got flamed in the, in the, uh, in the discussion, yeah. don't worry. Um, and they, they held their ground, I give them credit. They gave as many uh, justifications as they could. Yeah, they, they, they went to every modern unban announcement ever, and they just copied all the points that people gave, why Twin should be banned, uh, unbanned. And mm. then they ignored all the counter arguments, probably. Anyway, Leyline of Abundance is an interesting one. Now, I agree that Leyline of Abundance and Nykthos probably shouldn't exist in the same format. But I feel like Nykthos is better to have around than Leyline. Yeah. And that's saying as someone who initially wanted Leyline unbanned. Asked me a couple months ago, and I'd be like, yeah, I'd probably want to see Leyline unbanned. But I've just... But that was super biased. I was like, I need something to power up this elf deck. And then Coldheim <laughs> came around, and I'm like, no, this is fine now. Um, well, but they Leyline were also is just... unbanning Walking Ballista in this announcement. Oh yeah, so Heliod Combo exists again. Great. And Leyline and Monogreen Devotion gets what, Leyline what abundance. Was gonna, and... What was going to be their next unban announcement? Inverter. Like, oh, if no, we're no, gonna they, get... I'm surprised they didn't say Inverter because they said a oh, Oracle for some Oracle. reason. Yeah, yeah, they I banned thought, Oracle, oh, they... but they didn't unban Inverter, 
which is I guess Jace is likes to. I, I also, don't know. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. The, the the screen is cut off a bit. Um, it shows the, the next thing underneath Leyline. It says modern, and it starts saying cards. I only see half of one card. Do you want to guess what they unbanned in modern in this perfect it's world? Either Splinter Twin or Preordain. No, it's it's uh it's Hypergenesis. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> The amount, the, the, the eye roll that you gave in that fluid <laughs> motion of just moving in your chair was like, I thought you were about to break your own neck. <laughs> like of all the stupid cards, I would have guessed Probe before Hypergenesis. <laughs> but they, they should have just said uh, the uh, Golgari Troll or whatever, the one for... Um... Grave Troll. Yeah, gra- yeah. Honestly, Grave Troll is probably fine now because all the dredge decks are manaless dredge. Or, uh, no, stop spells. it. Stop it. But <laughs> not saying Grave Troll should be unbanned because they don't have to go through that circus again of trying to unban it and then having to ban it again. They've done it once. I I can you know I I commend the effort, but you probably shouldn't try it again. At least not with that card in specific, because people are going to be hurt twice. Um, but so going back to the original question, so what should more be banned than Uro? Now, what I think is an is an important part to bring up. Talked about wreck. Teferi has this kind of, but not as much. We talked last week about the timing of an Uro ban. Like, is Uro a card you ban now or can the never ban? And this was for a large part going, at least what I considered, going back into, you know, as much as the world seems like crap right now, this pandemic will end. Right? Mm-hmm. We're vaccinating people. We've got the British variant. It's it's awful. It's 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 running quite rampant in the Netherlands. We've been found in, in Florida, by the way, recently. Forever. So. Um, yeah, prepare yourself. It's gonna be great. Yeah. But this pandemic will end. And when this ends, people are gonna go back into paper magic. And especially for Pioneer, I feel like this wise, but for modern too. These are more paper formats. Also because Wizards doesn't have to priority straight and gives us mobile while everyone is sitting at home before they give us Pioneer. Which blows my mind. But I, I, I told you, you were like, oh yeah, do you know, like, have you tried Arena or mobile? It's like, Brad, I'm stuck at home. Why would I? Yeah. Like, what public transport am I going to play Magic on? Now, the, I, the idea of mobile phone Magic seems weird to me anyway. But regardless, my point being, this pandemic will end and when people go back to the store to play with physical magic cards, you know what you need to play physical games of magic? Cardboard. And you're going to have to buy your Euros. If you want to buy your Euros, you have to get your Euros. Euro is super expensive. Like it's, it's a big loss. And if they then ban Euro, especially like now, right? They've banned Euro virtually everywhere. If they ban them in Legacy... Uro is going to tank in price because you literally cannot play the card anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you wait half a year, right? You, let's say you go, well, a bit more than half a year, go to like end of this year. People have gotten vaccinated. People are starting to slowly pick up playing Paper Magic again. People get into Pioneer, buy their Euros. You do this. Your format's dead. Because mm-hmm. people are like, I just bought into this. I spent like 300 Euros on my playset of Euro or whatever stupid price it's going to be. 
and now it's gone, right? I bought four of the secret lair to get my Uros, and now I can't play them anywhere, and now I'm stuck with four Frost Titans. And they're probably banning Prime Time and Modern too, so you can't play that anywhere. Um, that's going to be a well, no. They would have said they would have said Prime Time in that little note there because pr- true, prime- true. But yeah. I mean, maybe not now, but in the future, right? Yeah, prime Time might be a problematic card. I mean, it's even banning Commander. Like that takes a lot for a card to be banning Commander. Uh, or be Lutri, I guess. But <laughs> such a sad story. Poor Lutri, it's such a cutie. Um, but it's a really big financial hit that's going to push people away. Yeah. Wilderness Reclamation is potentially. Now, Wilderness Reclamation is a little bit iffy because the whole deck. But what makes Wilderness Reclamation expensive? I mean, aside from the Euros, it's the lands. The lands. You could play lands everywhere, right? Um, you could argue it, Three Fairy if you're going four color variant. Yeah, but three fairy, and this is the point I was going to. Three fairy, wilderness reclamation. Three fairy is probably never being banned in modern. It's fine. No. So three fairy will retain value. So if you buy three fairies for pioneer, and they get banned, you can sell them. Yeah. Or you get your wild guards back on arena, I guess. But who cares? Um, <gasps> I'm excited to get my four mythics on, on arena for Uro. if your wilderness reclamation gets banned. You're like, oh no, this is a coffee worth of money I've wasted. It doesn't matter. You've got your lands. The lands sell. <laughs> I paid more go... in shipping than I did for the cards. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you wanna... If, you're, if your teamer deck falls... Oh no, what am I gonna do with these steam vents? I'm sure they won't sell. Right? Probably yeah. like one of the most played Ravnica duels. It's, it's fine. Your financial value is fine. And this is a thing that really... It sounds good, but has to tie into these BNR decisions. Right, they have to consider the finances of their players and their wallets. Yep. Double up with the fact that people have been financially hit by this pandemic. Right, there's a lot of people whose financial situation has gotten far worse because of these situations. If you don't ban Euro now, you probably can't. I feel like with the other cards, you can wait. You can ban Teferi three months from now. Unless it's like starting to break the format, right? But in terms of like the stability of your format and the willingness of people to still play your format, you can ban Teferi three months from now. You can ban Wilderness Reclamation in the summer, right? Your Mystical Dispute, you can ban it literally whenever, right? If you feel like that card has to go. No one's deck is going to stop working because of Mystical Dispute. So these cards don't matter as much. Uro does. And I really felt what we talked about last week. Euro is a ban now or ban never. And in that way, I'm happy they've banned it now. But I don't think anything else has to be banned. Now, if I were pulling the strings, I already said I would do specific bans. But I'm fine if they leave it at Euro. That's fine with me. I would not be upset if they leave it at Euro. But I'm happy they got rid of Euro. Yeah. I think that that's a great thing to take away is just we're happy that Uro's gone. I, yeah. We've had this conversation before of like, does Uro need to be banned? And we've both been like, it's not really oppressive. It's annoying and a frustrating card. We don't think it needs to be banned, but neither of us will complain if it is. And here we are. Yeah, and and I think now, considering the point of like, ban it now or ban it never, I feel a bit stronger about that it should have gone, and I'm glad it is. Yeah. But. Needless to say, especially we've got people on this server, because we still play with paper cards, and a lot of people like myself, even to support your local game store, do actually, even though we support proxies, I end up buying most of the cards. Yeah. 
And we have plenty of people who probably now have a playset of Uro that's worthless. And they're going to be frustrated. Understandably so. Right? I mean, there I were have, people, I have two Uros, and I'm a little yeah, bummed there, by that. There were people who ordered Omnath as a pre-release, as like a pre-order, and Ooh. their shipping was delayed, and it was banned before it arrived. Right? Like, that is, from a wizard's perspective, this is kind of unacceptable. Mm. And these people have all the right to be frustrated. But the thing is, and this is, and obviously Wizards has to do this looking in the bigger picture, the longer you wait, the more people are going to have this frustration, and the more these people are. But yeah, I can imagine if I, you know, next week I pop into a Pioneer game with someone that they play Niftalite and they like the last Uro they're going to cast and they're kind of pissed about it, like I would be totally understanding. I'd be pissed too. But bright side about this server is we do encourage proxies. So hopefully the people who have been playing with Uro in their decks never actually bought them in paper and just said, I'm going to proxy them. No big deal. So, you know. I feel like Uro, but as I talk about Uro and especially Soltai players have this junt problem, though. They either foil can't afford everything. a deck or they have it in foil. Oh, could you, I, could you imagine? If you have a, foil Uros now, if you're the man with foil Uros, you are upsetty. <laughs> there is this card shop uh, near my house. Uh, it's at the mall. And they had an extended art foil Uro in their case for a year. I think it's still in there. I'm like, I flat out told the guy, I'm like, dude, you're never selling this card. Like, no one's going to buy this because it's so expensive. That's so volatile. And the extended art isn't even good because it's that just blown up art. (laughs) And then it's foil on top of it. And I'm like, oh my God, have fun. But hey, now you can have it. Now you can go get it for 10 bucks. It could be your commander. Was it also a Pringle? Because it was foil. No, the foiling was actually fine. Yeah, I got um, my Realm Walker bio boxes yesterday, and they were actually in like perfect shape. Nice. Like it'd be now, nice if they did this more often. <laughs> let's see how they are in a few months. Fair enough. Uh, like the secret layers we've seen. Could you imagine though being a Sultai Delirium player or like Sultai Uro player in Pioneer? And you look at this announcement and you start scrolling down and you see the Uro thing before you see the note, and you're like <gasps> Because you said the jund the jund effect of like and then like to bling out your deck, you're like, oh my, oh my god, I gotta get these euros. And you scroll down, and it's like Have you also noticed the euro one is cheaper than the Croxo one. Oh, that's cute. The euro secret lair is five bucks cheaper than the Croxo one. Probably slightly anticipating the drop in value. I'm uh, definitely getting the Croxo one though. Croxo one's great. I'm getting charged tomorrow for uh, my metal secret lair because I ordered two of those. So I'm excited. I've actually that. never bought a secret lair. This and is the first one I bought because I was these, like, I can't pass them these up. They still convinced me to buy it, but I, I, I'm, I'm okay with secret lair. It's fine. As long Adrian as it's fine, bought right. Adrian bought the lightning bolt one for some reason. I was like, you don't play anything that has bolt in it. You play historic and like sometimes pioneer. And he's like, yeah, I opened the box once. I'm like, these are cool. And he just put the box away. <laughs> Next, they're all his bolts are still in the box. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a what a champ! It's beautiful. Yeah, he was the one who called the world tree thing, and not us. So yes, yeah, there you go. We are the clowns. Um, so we've talked a lot about Euro banning and the potential BNR. 
we will have more to talk about when we get the actual BNR. Yeah. Talked about Valky, how we're anticipating a rules change, which I think is Pioneer will be, well, I suppose, aside from standard, probably be least impacted by a potential rules change, but it is another shot at Niftalite, which was the only deck abusing this rule. Um, talk about the World Tree, with its potential to be the new flavor of Wreck, with the giant asterisks that if Wreck gets banned, this is potentially meaningless, unless we go into some Hour of Promise ramp package. But that probably needs a different payoff. I suppose Crasis would be fine on a deck like that. Yeah. But and obviously then talk about some further BNR chat. I would like to get into a couple of mailback questions because there's a particular one that I would like to answer. Because I course. thought it was a very good question. All right, let's roll to that. And what do you got for us, Alex? Yeah, let me quickly pull it up. The Pioneer. We have a lot of channels on this server, which sometimes <laughs> gives me a hard time did you finding. See, did you see Emrion's question from today? Yes, uh, we'll uh, we'll get to it. Oh I'm man, scroll up real quick. Where is where was it? Jukawol asked a question. Uh, this one's for me in particular. Sorry, I'm stealing this segment, Brad. Oh, you're fine. This one is for Alex in particular. Why don't you try CEDH? Grixis is the best color combo in CEDH. Very debatable, Juke, but sure, it is good. So you'd get to actually play Magic while playing your favorite color combo instead of getting dunked on by everything that isn't also Grixis. So for starters, thanks. <laughs> we all know how Grixis mirrors go. It's just a draw. You just extend the hand and say draw. We'll, we'll both get top four. Oh, so actually, we actually get who, a win. <laughs> who, are, who are we kidding? You're not going to the top four there. You're like, hey, we're at table 300. Let's get to table 299. Let's get there <laughs> together. It's like the Harry Potter meme with him and Voldemort. Let's finish how we started together. (laughs) Anyway, why don't I try CEDH? I actually really love CEDH, but I love watching it. I haven't really gotten into it, and that's mostly just because I love EDH, but I played casually with friends who would like bar like one guy i know none of them will be interested in cedh and i don't know it's usually the format that i like save for like it's like my cooling down format right pioneer is my competitive format and if you want to play chill magic i play commander and cdh doesn't really fit i would like to try it a time and i mean maybe i'll get it's also the idea that i really like to own cards i don't like proxies I'll use proxies and I use it to test decks, but I really like owning the actual cards. I never borrow cards of friends either. Right? If I want to have a card for a commander deck and they're like, yeah, you can borrow it. And it's like, no, 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 I'll buy it off you because I'll forget. Right? But CDH decks, it's a lot of money if you want to own the actual cards. Oh, yeah. So, just play vintage, Alex. I, I don't know. It's like CEDH. It's just really fun to watch. It's probably the magic content I watch the most, actual gameplay-wise, CEDH. And that kind of like gives me my CEDH feel. But I'll probably try it. I, I would probably be more interested to try it when GPs start picking up again. Because they okay, often yeah. have commander tables. And I've heard like almost only positive things. If you go there and like 
play some C, play EDH, but especially just play some CEDH, and a lot of people are quite chill. Because yeah. what I like about CEDH, if you go to play with strangers, is especially if I'd go to a GP, because then like the fun of playing Paper EDH, I do play webcam EDH, but Paper EDH is just so much better. Like Pioneer too, but there is no complaining about power level. Right? Because it's it's all bets are you're off. Shoot, you're shooting for the moon already, so... Yeah, so there's no... Commander often runs into this problem where people aren't sure what the power level means. And people are like, yeah, mine is a 7. It's like, yeah, what the hell does it even mean? And if you're playing CDH, what's your, de- what's your deck? A 10? They're like, same. <laughs> yeah. Mine's an 11. Oh, cool, bring it. Right? So yeah, I don't know. CDH is appealing. Uh, I would either play Grixis or... Um, so for the people watching, I really like Kess as a Grixis commander because it's just a spell slaying value commander. I really like anything with Thrasios, especially with training grounds, because it's dirty as hell. Because it's like the proper control deck where it's like I'm going to hold up instant speed interaction, and if I don't, I'm going to draw a card with Thrasios. Great. And I run. I currently have a commander deck, and it's Nimrus from Commander Legends which is a Demir card that says whenever you cast your first spell on an opponent's turn, look at the top two cards of your library, one in your hand, one on the bottom. So it negates like the idea of counter magic in, uh, in EDH, where it's like, well, I, if I'm stopping one player from doing something, I'm effectively helping the other two, because I'm losing a card too. Eliminates that super fun deck to play. I would probably be interested in getting that like semi-competitive, but it is a five-mana commander. But yeah. EDH is awesome. I would encourage like anyone to try EDH anyway. It's super chill. Yeah. You've gotten into it too recently. I have. And uh, I now have a home for my Euros. <laughs> oh yeah, you're playing Simic Landfall. <laughs> I am. I'll just shove the Euro in there. Call it a day. So that's one of the two with a home. Hooray! Euro the is actually one? a pretty good commander. Like, probably not for, not for competitive sake, but Euro is actually a pretty good commander. Oh, I can just burn the other one. Um, I mean, it's probably going to be worth the value of its cardboard. I mean, I'll put it this way. It's like I paid. So the first one I didn't buy, I traded for. I traded for it uh, when it was $15. And I gave someone a. Uh, I gave him. Oh, I gave him a, uh, a copy of uh, what's it called? What's the knight? The uh, the cavalier. Cavalier Thorns. When oh, Cavalier I really Thorns like that card. Was, yeah, when it was fifteen dollars. Cool so I straight up traded Cavalier Thorns for Uro. And Ooh. then a week later, Uro suddenly fifty dollars. Cavalier Thorns is suddenly five dollars. And I was like, and no jokes oh, on you. I, I won it's the trade. Congrats. Um, so that one I don't care about. The other one I bought because I was playing Reclamation and I was like, I just need another Uro. And I bought it for like 35 bucks. So I'm not honestly. I'm not that upset about the money I'm losing on Euro. The thirty-five dollar one that I actually paid for, going to Commander. The one I traded for that is the card I traded for now, or traded away for it was, you know, fifteen at the time, and it's now like two bucks. Okay, probably going to be worth more than Euro though. Yeah, but the the feeling in my heart when I burn it is worth all the world. <laughs> Do um, record it, please. Oh, I will. Um, so moving on to the next question is um, 
Well, there is one I want to touch on real quick because it's literally just oh. me reading. Like, I don't have to like actually answer it. Sure. So, Emrion asks a question, says, this is a question I probably should have asked before Caldime released, but what set are you guys most hyped for this year? And again, we've complained about this before, and it doesn't matter how many times we say it on this cast, you're still going to fucking do it. We have slow mode enabled on this goddamn thing for six hours, and you still somehow manage to have full-fledged conversations with one another. <laughs> it's fun on this. So people start replying, uh, Matt goes Kaldheim, MC goes MH2, Jace goes MH2, Metro MH2, or you're wrong. Um, and Waddles is just like, yeah, more snow. So everyone's saying MH2, Modern Horizons 2. And Matt asks the question, why would Pioneer players be excited for a set that won't be Pioneer legal? So I come in and I'm like, I'm going to do something I've never done uh, before. I'm going to answer a question here rather than the cast because I've never even typed up in this thing besides like introdu introducing the channel, people. I said, I'm extremely excited for Modern Horizons 2 as a Pioneer player who doesn't even play any Modern. I'm excited because I want to see what Wizards learned from the last Modern Horizons and products like this that inject cards directly into a format. This is bound to happen for Pioneer as well at some point. It's not an if. This is a win. If Modern Horizons 2 is a massive hit, just like the first one, and they fix the mistakes from the first one, it gives me hope for the eventual Pioneer Masters. And I know you hate Pioneer Masters with the or the idea of a master set in general with a burning yeah, passion. Uh, horizon set, yes. Yes. Um, but I feel like this answer can at least make you feel like, okay, maybe. I mean, it makes me... I, I like your point where it's like... So I currently... Again, I watched... I don't really play modern. I'm not very invested in modern. And I don't want to be too blunt towards modern players. But if Modern Horizons 2 is yet again a garbage fire, I'd rather have it happen in modern again. Oh yeah, of course. Then in Pioneer. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so the ideal of like Gag Summer 2.0. You know, yeah, let them try again. And if it sets modern on fire, maybe they finally stop doing this. It's like, okay, I'd rather have them do that than have them set Pioneer on fire. Mm -hmm. So sure. Right? In that way. But it's definitely not the it's definitely the set that I am least excited for. Because like I would rather not have Horizon sets, but if they're coming, it's okay. My answer's probably Strixhaven. And I think oh, it yeah. would have been call time had this been asked before call time, but I've still been let down by call time overall. I, so I would have still said I would have still said Strixhaven, and we also got confirmation from Morrow today saying, "Hey, Strixhaven is not loosely based off of any existing school of wizardry at all. This is Magic's take on what school of wizardry would be in this universe." So he kind of basically said, "No Harry Potter," without saying explicitly, "No Harry Potter." So, which is nice. I mean, there's going to be Harry Potter references, though. Like, <laughs> even though it's not going to be based on Harry Potter, there's going to be Harry yeah. Potter references. No, yeah, I can there's, get that. There's going to be, like, a living flower in a in a jar, and it's going to be yeah. like, what are they called again? My girlfriend's going to hate me for this. That the ones that scream? Yeah, the man. Are they mandrakes? Yeah. The screaming yeah. plants. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Who saved? I think okay, mandrakes. Um, Swish and flick the shit out of your wand like this. It's <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. Oh, that's going to be on the card. That, that's going to be on the card. No, but like, like it's Swish this, not that. Everyone. 
like when someone like mispronounces oh, oh. something. It's like it's this, oh, not this, attacks. right? Yeah, Maybe like attacks. on a counter spell or something. Oh, that would fit on a negate. <laughs> that would really fit on a negate if it's like you said the spell wrong. Not you negate. <laughs> they could uh, go into the desolator magic meme, and it's like it's negate, and then with the a and the e. The did you ever see that one? Oh yeah, yeah. Like like how you spell <laughs> enema. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, Enema, the album tool, not Enema, the anal... Uh, <laughs> uh, medical... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the medical term. Okay, I was a bit yeah. confused for a second. No, like, the album by tool, Enema, spelt with that goofy uh, way. I, see, selfishly, I would want to say um, the vampire version of Innistrad, because I'm like, please give me a good vampire. I want vampires to be even better. Please, just like you want elves. I want vampires, because I love that deck so much. Yeah, and that kind of makes me like I am most excited for Strixhaven, and I would have been more excited for the Pioneer set, but I am very worried about it having seen Kaldheim, because mm. Kaldheim had a billion themes in a set that probably didn't even need to, right? Like if you want to build a Norse set, you can keep it like to the basics, right? You can kind of just go like, like Amonkhet is like very like loosely based on egypt right and there's there's it's very obvious they just took like the big things that everybody knows around egypt and then build a set around it and they've done the same with theros it's like we're gonna just very obviously copy paste greek stuff they could have done the same for kaldheim and had more of a focus kaldheim was all over the place mm -hmm. so i can tell you from experience the forgotten realms dnd is all over the place so even your source material is all over the place. So your set is probably going to be even more all over the place. So again, I'm, are just, we gonna, thinking... like, I'm just worried we're again going to get like five cards per theme and nothing will work. Mm. Right? That, that's my worry now for the D&D set, which is the same worry I now have for Kaldheim that like I didn't have before. But it's like if they even mess it up in Kaldheim, what the hell are they going to do with the Forgotten Realms? I'm not as worried about that because I imagine that they're treating the D&D set as a core set with super extra party support. Yeah, but do you really pay homage to D&D then? Yes, I think you do. Flavor-wise and lore-wise and the way that the set functions as, as a whole, yes. And um, I mean, I'm already surprised. Like... I'm already just hoping that there's not going to be a die rolling mechanic. Oh, it's like, that is like at the core of D&D, is die rolls. Mm -hmm. I really I don't hope they don't put die rolls in that. I, we already had a, there's, there's a coin flip tribal uh, archetype in, uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, it's just the funniest deck to play, but it's just, imagine that with die rolls. And, and it says you have to roll a d20 too. <laughs> Finally, some and everyone's like, finally, some use for these spin downs. Oh, no, actually, yeah. nope, can't roll with a spin down. Yeah, because they're weighted essentially. No, in terms they, of they like don't... where the numbers are. They're yeah, not they're randomized. not type. Yeah, exactly. They're not properly randomized. Well, quote unquote, randomized like a uh, like an actual d20 is. Which also yeah. means that if you want to buy like some dice, do not buy d20s that aren't spin downs. They do not make for good life counters. <laughs> 
Why would you buy those? Just go to, I, I've just gone to so many pre-releases where I just have like 80 of them in my, in my bag right no, now. No, but like, yeah, maybe not buy it, but I also had someone who like brought their like D&D bag for a Commander Knight. So they had their D&D. Oh, they were using a D20 as a spin down? Yeah, well, they they brought the wrong dice. So instead of spin oh. downs, they had D&D dice. But they are really bad to track your life total. Yeah, you're just like you're just like going like this for like three minutes. Like, where the hell is the nineteen? And then you're like, wait, what number was I supposed to be looking for again? And you roll over it six times, and you keep stopping on the six when you're looking for a nine. You're like, is that a six? No, it's a six. Okay. <laughs> I do that on the regular spin down die still, where I mix up the nine and the six. <laughs> Um, okay, ignoring the monorizes thing, uh, what is your other question you want to go to? Um, well, I suppose we had because uh, had the um, had the question regarding CDH. I think we went over. Yeah, all the questions were generally have to do with Euro, so probably answer most of that. Uh, most hype set we talked about that. Um, what inspired the Millbag intro? Um, oh, I already already added our, our editor. Yeah, we've given our editor effectively like a free pass. Where it's like, as long as you feel like you want to be creative with these intros, eat your heart out. Do we want to do? I find them hilarious. I, do I think the one from last week. I will send it. I it. I was just roaring, especially where we have like the music and then we hear Brad like whoo, whoo, <laughs> like in the background. Like that really cracked me up. The only restriction I've given him is that the volume difference can't be too big. It shouldn't yeah. blow up your ears. That's the only restriction I've given him. I have no idea what he's going to make of it this, uh, my, this time. My favorite one is uh, well, it's not going to be this week because this one will be unedited for the sake of time. Yeah, I'm just for the editor's it time because otherwise it won't be up until like Monday, and now it mm -hmm. should still be up, kind of according to schedule, maybe a day late. Yeah, but I want to get it up early. And even though we just put up our new episode a few days ago, I'm going to just bite the bullet and say we'll lose some listeners on the old episode uh, for the sake of essentially catching up again yeah. with uh, topics. Um, but to go back to your original point of that question, we might as well read his response because I added him uh, in, the, uh, in the discussion. And he replies, I'm just mixing both hobby I have, podcast editing and being a DJ. But to be honest, I thought the name of the song was Time, which would have followed Alex's line. Turns out it's not, but I decided to roll with it. And it, it was still worked out great. And I was going to say, my favorite one by him still is the one, it might have been the very first one, where, um, it was either the first or second, where he does Sparta the, uh, yeah, the Spartan one. He's like, this is the, <laughs> the Pioneer Millbag. <laughs> Because I think that was the episode where I was like being like stupid about it, and I, I I did some weird like thing with my voice, so it just repeats that, and I, I lost it when he said he he. My best the best part about that is I shared that with you, Alex, when he sent it to me, and I was just dying because he didn't even say, "Let me know what you think" or like that. It was just like I got a message from him, and all it was was like download this. It had no name. It was just like numbers and like dot uh, like whatever. And I clicked on it. And I just listened. No context whatsoever. And all I hear is, this is Pioneer Perspective Mailbag. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I lost it. It was fantastic. We love him. 
He is yes. the best. And the last question that we got here, and then we've caught up again. What do you guys expect the meta to look like once our Lord and Savior crossed through? Satan incarnate has left the building. <laughs> now, we've obviously excessively talked about this episode, um, but I kind of just wanted to round up, make sure that we have we have read the question, we've touched on the question. It's all going to depend on the actual BNR. Yeah. Now, I'm actually kind of okay if that BNR hits the 21st, because I have a week off starting the 21st. Oh, I brilliant. have all week to just brew up stupid stuff, right? And just see whatever goes. I suppose the 14th, the 5th, sorry, not the 21st, be the 22nd. The 15th. If it's the 15th, that would be better because then we've got a week of other people messing about. And then I can finally start brewing my control deck again because I've been super reluctant because I've just been playing elves. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, early format, let's play something proactive. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll just wait for people to figure this meta out and then I will attack whatever meta gets established. Which has now been completely thrown out in the water, but whatever. Yeah, I, I have no expectation for the new meta. Because um, again, it goes back to like, are they going to ban other stuff? If it's just early, we can talk about it all day until we're blue in the face. But like, again, doesn't make for great content if everything we say for 45 minutes at a time for each segment is just null and void in three days. So yeah. we're not going to dive too deep in that next week. This also we means this is data. always the least interesting time. The time before BNR yeah. always sucks. And when the BNR is known, it's even worse. Because when you know what's fully going to be banned, and it's like, effectively next week, and it's like, okay, whatever, but I, I know what the format's going to look like, and I can anticipate on that. Now we don't even know. We've got an announcement of an announcement, and it's like, eh, I'm not interested in changing a sideboard and looking at a deck list. Someone wants to play a game, I'll just whip something out. Sometimes I just roll a die. It's like, I don't know what deck I want to play. It's like Dr. It's like Dr. Eggman. From the Sonics, oh, where yeah. he's like, he can't pick and he just presses the button and gets a random robot. That's, that's me with my decks half the time. Random thought. Uh, because I was thinking about like what else I could do to that extra Uro that's not going to go to EDH instead of just burning it. I had two thoughts. One, burn it and then put the ashes in a, in a smoothie and drink it. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought that'd be really funny. Um, you're giving me the worst look in the world. Um, and the other one was uh, rolling it and smoking it. I kind of want to do that one. Can make it a new nature's wrath, depending on what you roll with. <laughs> I mean, I, I know some people. So, I could. But, you know. Of course, for uh, legal purposes, I am speaking of tobacco. I will be rolling tobacco into this and uh, enjoying that. And uh, yeah, of course. And for legal and for legal purposes in the Netherlands, I could just tell you he's smoking weed. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't. Re- I don't really though. Don't enjoy now, it now. I think we uh, kind of covered everything we want to cover. We got the mailbag questions and we just have some, uh, you know, reminders out the door and oh boy, we have so fucking many now. There's so many, so many reminders. First and foremost, let's roll through rapid fire quick as possible. Okay. First and foremost, thank you for listening. Thank you for making it this far. We are the official podcast of the MTG at home discord server. 
And you can follow all of us on Twitter, figure out where you can find our interesting thoughts and intricate ideas and wonderful things that our brain put on paper, or in this case, digital format. Alex, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at, at Disciple of Bolas. And, and you can find me on Twitter at Brad Siffer. And I actually and had a tweet me? today about a, top, uh, a topic that we could probably talk about another time. Yeah, I just thought, sort of like, oh yeah, I had an interesting take today, and then I forgot, but it's late enough. We'll save this for another day, especially if we don't get the BNR next week. I'll, I'll tease it. Yeah. If we don't get a BNR, I said, I just had a take playing Arena that I'm sure many have had before. A ladder system is absolutely dreadful for a competitive card game. I can understand that. And if we have the time, this is something we could talk about next week. If we don't get the clear BNR and we do not have hours to talk about whatever deck might be good. I think this is a topic we can touch on, especially with the prospect of Pioneer eventually, hopefully, someday coming to Arena. However, I completely ruined your outro. Continue. No, you're fine. You can also find me at Bratsifer. You can follow our official Twitter account, which is at Pio Perspective, P-I-O Perspective. Wonderful. And of course, you can also follow the official Twitter account of the MTG at Home Discord server at, is it just Magic at Home? Let me double check because... Uh, we have so many different accounts, uh, not necessarily Twitter, but like just in general, um, like when it comes to the server, where like I have I'm logged into like four different MTG at home. Uh, it's just MTG emails. at home. Okay, perfect. And, and then it's at, and then it's at, at but then MTG at home being the actual AT. Yeah. And uh, they've been a lot more active on their on there and all that good stuff. And it, it's fantastic. Next thing. If you want to buy a cool play mat with my face on it, Alex's face on it, or any other stuff and other designs that we're going to be putting on there as well, we are officially partnered and affiliated with Inked Gaming. So the links will be in the description. And there are two links. First one is going to be our official store where you can actually find our product and things like that and rep the podcast. And the other one is going to be our general link. So even if you don't purchase things from our store, by using that link in general, it still helps us out and supports the cast altogether. And we have one more thing to uh, to let you guys know. I'm very excited to announce the first sister podcast of the Pioneer Perspective, Pondering Popper, with two incredibly talented individuals. I'm not going to spoil who it is, but if you play Popper and you enjoy Popper uh, content, you definitely know at least one of these people. So... I'm very excited. Uh, I am very, 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 very briefly in that first episode, which will be going live, coinciding with tonight's episode as well. And uh, it's just me introducing them and uh, handing it off and we go from there. But yeah, if you're interested in Popper and you like that format at all, or you want to get into it po- uh, possibly, our first sister podcast and also affiliated with the MTG Home Discord server, Pondering Popper. Other than that, though, I got nothing to give you. Although, I do have my love to give you. We love your support. We appreciate you. You're the best. We couldn't do this without you listening, even though Alex and I would still be doing this another way, just bitching and moaning and talking in a Google Meets Hangout call or whatever for six hours. (laughs) Yes. So we're glad that we can do this in a more structured format. Somewhat more structured format. Eh, We're doing a good enough job. Good enough. But with that, we will talk to you and hopefully hear from you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.